Good morning and welcome to Health Watch. I'm Dr. David Naiman, your host. Today's guest is one of the country's best known and widely admired food writers, Mark Bittman. Mark Bittman is the author of a weekly column, The Minimalist, in the New York Times, the author of the best-selling How to Cook Everything, and was the host of the PBS series, The Best Recipes in the World. He's here today on Health Watch to talk about his new book, The Food Matters Cookbook, 500 Revolutionary Recipes for Better Living. Welcome to Health Watch, Mark Bittman. Good morning. How are you doing? Good. Uh, well, let's start out with um, the term food matters. What what does it mean to eat like food matters, in, in, in your opinion? Um, it basically means to eat sanely and sustainably, which at this stage for almost everybody in the United States simply means to eat more plants and less of everything else. And this idea was prompted by some health concerns that you had yourself. Well, it was... Um, it's a little more complicated than that, but yeah, the short version is that I went to the doctor three or four years ago and he said everything is moving in the wrong direction, you should become a vegan. And um, I had been working a lot more with vegetables anyway, but I also had sort of seen the writing on the wall for the way the world's diet needed to be moving and um, and seeing a bigger picture. So I, you know, I basically decided to adjust my own diet by becoming a very strict vegan two-thirds of the time, more or less. And um, uh, that's what worked for me, but I'm not really suggesting that anyone follow exactly my path. Again, I'm just suggesting that it could be of value to everybody to eat more plants and less of other things. So when you say a strict vegan two-thirds of the time in in your scenario, you're talking about two-thirds of the day being a vegan and and one-third of the day eating uh, an omnivorous diet. That's exactly right. But, uh, you know, I have friends who do things two-thirds of the week they're, they're vegan or two-thirds of the month or three-quarters of the month or, or certain days they allow themselves to eat meat or animal products and other days not. I mean, any, any kind of pattern like this seems to work. But, um, again, I think it's the, the basic uh, suggestion is that, is that proportions change. Well, let's talk about what are what are some of the compelling arguments for uh, a dramatic reduction in our meat consumption. Um, let's see. From a personal perspective, I think it's pretty much been demonstrated that that um, or I could be stronger than that. From a personal perspective, no one in their right mind would argue that if you eat more plants and less of everything else, you're doing yourself anything but a favor. Um, obviously, plants are. Uh, lower caloric density, which is beneficial. You're you're going to lose weight as a result. There, you're going to lower your cholesterol. You're going to lower your blood sugar, um, and so on down the line. From a personal health perspective, you're also you're also obviously being kinder to animals since you're eating fewer of them. And perhaps of equal importance, you're going to lower or reduce the size of your carbon footprint. And that sort of brings us to the second thing, which is that, or the second big thing, which is that the American diet, which I think we can define as a diet that's high in processed foods, high in junk foods, and high in industrially raised animal products, is completely unsustainable. And um, the longer we do it, the less sustainable it becomes. And the longer we do it, the more we we tacitly we implicitly agree that it's okay for other people to eat this way and as more and more people in the world eat this way it becomes less and less sustainable or more and more damaging however you want to put it to the point where it's really as big a threat 
for the planet's survival as almost anything else. Well, it's interesting that the contribution of, of industrial uh, farming and, and meat eating to global warming is is so understated. We hear all the time about plane travel and car travel. And I remember hearing some quote about uh, a meat eating bicycle rider versus a vegetarian <laughs> car driver and that the vegetarian car driver actually has a smaller carbon footprint. Um, well, you know, there are, people have had a, a lot of fun with... Um a lot of fun with those kind of numbers. I think my favorite was that a typical steak dinner is the equivalent of driving your SUV around all evening while leaving every light in the house on. Um, but I mean, obviously, you can tr you can sort of translate any any consumption of energy into a more easily understood consumption of energy. And and what <clears throat> what's hard for me to believe is that people are using those awful curly light bulbs, which obviously have a smaller carbon footprint than incandescent light bulbs, but they're refusing to eat salads. And um, it really is the same issue. And as you, you know, there was a, there was a UN report in 2007 that said that something like 18% of greenhouse gases were the result of industrial um, raising of livestock. And that number has been disputed up and down. That is, there are people who say it's ridiculous, it's more like 6 or 7%, and there are people who say it's ridiculous, it's more like 30%. I don't think it really matters. What's clear is that industrially produced livestock is a major contributor to global warming, and it, has, it causes a great deal of other damage, both personally and globally as well, and we don't need to be doing that. So it's a really excellent thing to get behind moving away from. And and unlike, uh, and also like Michael Pollan, you're you're not advocating full-on vegetarian lifestyle. You're advocating changing meat more to a a garnish or a small a very small uh, proportion of the plate. Is that is well, that no correct? One could, yeah, no one could say better than Michael Pollan. His famous seven words, which is um, eat food not too much, mostly plants. Um, and you know the the key is to start with eating real food. I think that cooking is a real is a real key because if you are preparing your own food, the chances are you're not going to poison yourself quite as readily as you do when you're not preparing your own food. And again, the very very basic rule of changing the proportion so that you're eating more of un unprocessed, unadulterated plants and less of literally everything else. I mean, whenever you replace whatever you're about to eat with a salad or rice and beans or steamed vegetables or for that matter sauteed vegetables or so on down the line whenever you do that that swap you're doing yourself and the planet a favor well mark we're going to have you hold on for a minute and um, we're going to come back and talk more about some of the cooking approaches we can do for to improve our health and the planet but for a couple minutes we're going to invite Per and justin into the studio to talk about how you can get a copy of the Food Matters cookbook, 500 Revolutionary Recipes for Better Living, and support KABU. Well, the way you do it is give us $75 pledge, and that book is yours. That tells you how to eat better. It gives you all the uh, how to cook your own food. Don't have it brought in from outside. Do you, you know, don't, don't, don't outside people poison you, you know. 
it's up to you to be healthy. Well, that's right. And the only way we can put that book into your hands is by you making the call. You and Radioland call to support Radioland, 503-232-8818 or toll-free, 877-500-5266. Just $140 to go to make this program's goal. We ask you to show your support. Uh, a lot of you have come to rely on Health Watch. We've been doing this for a long time, and this is just an another perfect example of things you don't get elsewhere. And uh, Pear, I think, has got to thank you. Hey, yes, you know, you can call 503-232-8818 or 877-500-5266, or you can come on down to 20 Southeast 8th, like Jacobo did. He's from Portland, a new member. He just kind of came in. He's been listening to us. He came in and he dropped some money on. He set up an EFT account, Electronics Fund Transfer. And so uh, that's, you know, okay, the EFT, Electronics Funds get transferred. We like to think of electronic fun from us to you <laughs> and we think that is worth some money and uh, this book is certainly worth some money. Well that's right and it's a two-way transfer. We can't do what we do without you folks in Radio Land doing what you do. That's right for a modest $75 that amounts to 21 cents a day out of the $2,000. That is a pretty small fraction. When we ask you, you to take a little bit of responsibility we're not asking you to do more than what you can afford but I think you'll agree that 21 cents out of $2,000 is light lifting. That amounts to $6.25 a month. That is not a lot of money, folks. It's uh, barely a dollar a week. So we're going to hand it back to Dr. Navi David Naiman, but $75 gets you uh, Mark Bittman's The Food Matters Cookbook when you call 232-8818 or toll-free anywhere in the nation, 877 5266 Welcome back. I'm Dr. David Naiman, your host. And again, we're talking today with Mark Bittman, the author of the Food Matters Cookbook, 500 Revolutionary Recipes for Better Living. So, Mark, you have a section on sane eating where you talk about the key being moderation, not deprivation. Can you, can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. You know, the, well, first of all, we've become, we've become uh, I hate to use the word addicted, but we've certainly become accustomed to a a wide variety of very cheap, n nearly poisonous, or at least health-depriving food. And then we're hardwired to enjoy food that's salty and sweet and fatty, and food, junk food, processed food is saltier, sweeter, sweeter and fattier than it's, than it's ever been. So we've, we've sort of, or the majority of people in the United States at least, have become accustomed to having that kind of food and having it be extremely cheap. So if you think that you need a diet high in processed food, then anything else is going to feel like deprivation. But the fact is that cooking for yourself and cooking for want of a better term, what might be called natural food or, or real food is not at all deprivation. It's the way we are meant to eat. And it's a very easy thing to get used to. And, um, you know, I deal with this stuff. All people say, "Well, what do you eat for lunch?" And I say, "Well, there's days when I actually eat two apples, two oranges, and two bananas for lunch." And how terrible is that? I mean, it's it's not that bad. You just have to recognize what you're doing is giving your body what it what it wants and what it needs instead of what you've been taught tastes really, really great, like you know, a taco burrito, cheeseburger, deep fried sandwich. Um, so I, th you know, I think. 
the the key is or one key is is to see what's real and what's not um and then another is to act on it and and in reducing in the goal of reducing processed foods obviously there's some foods that are clearly processed uh, uh twinkie for instance right, but <laughs> when would we consider a bread a processed food versus uh, a healthy food for instance or a pasta are are those in the processed food categories um, well you know there's there's a huge argument going on about whether carbs are good or bad for you and I, and I could sort of address that two ways one is that i think that if you if you really concern yourself with the core issue here which is eating unprocessed plant food as a as opposed to anything else, or, or you know, in, a, in as high a proportion as you can manage. I don't think you need to worry about carbs or minerals or protein or essential fatty acids or any of that stuff that people talk about so much. The second is when you look at carbs, I mean, if you do want to look at that stuff, when you look at carbs, it's really clear that your body processes whole grains differently than it processes refined grains, and that if you're going to make that choice, then the favorable choice from this perspective is to choose whole wheat over refined wheat and brown rice over white rice and so on down the line. I don't think that it's important for people to, you know, I I hope that I'm not coming across like a fanatic because I'm anything but. I don't think it's important for people to eliminate white flour, white sugar, white rice, etc. from their diets. I think it's important that people, again, increase the amount of unprocessed grains and unprocessed fruits and vegetables in their diet. And, and do you have a hierarchy, Mark, in terms of um, plants that are better, like, for instance, greens versus beans versus grains? Um, you know, that, that actually sounds something like a hierarchy right there. And I think that if you wanted to... I think that if you wanted to get obsessive about this maybe obsessive is too strong a word but if you wanted to spend a lot of time thinking about this you could come up with a hierarchy and people you know people will come up with hierarchies but i think that we've you know i think that we spend too much time thinking about the details of our diet and not enough time thinking about the broad strokes and the broad strokes are this plants versus everything else thing and i think okay well you could argue that kale is quote end quote better for you than red beans and rice, but the the kale and the red beans and rice are on one side of the equation, and the junk food and the industrially processed meats are on the other side of the equation. And I I think that it's we can see things so simple that there's no need to to get into making it more complicated than that. And part of of not of sticking to the broad strokes and not getting too bogged down in the details. We we should remind our listeners that we're talking about a cookbook. And then a lot of this is about eating food that tastes good. So um, how do you address people who, who don't cook and in this cookbook? And how do you um, uh, explain to them that they can do these recipes, for instance? Well, I, I think that cooking is, cooking is key here. I don't think that cooking is mandatory, but I think that to have control over your diet, you need to have food in your kitchen. You need to have a well-stocked pantry. You need to have a few basics in the refrigerator. You need to have knives and pots and pans. It doesn't have to be a big deal, but you need those things. You need to be willing to use them, and you need to be willing to make some time for the kitchen and, and um, to make it a priority. And I, for a lot of people, that's the, 
that's the most difficult part. I can say that once you learn how to cook, I don't know anyone who's learned how to cook who doesn't enjoy it. So it is an investment in time and an investment in energy, but it's one that really pays off. How you go about doing it, it's like making the time for anything else. I mean, you have to decide, you have to make a decision that it's worth doing, um, and then you have to set up, set aside enough time to do it. And And people do that with other aspects of their lives. They do it um, for exercise, obviously. They make time to watch television. They make time to go out. They make time to do many different things. For most people, there is time for cooking, and I think it should be, um, and I hate to preach, but it should be a priority. And, well, you do lower the hurdle for people in the Food Matters Cookbook in terms of uh, a lot of these ingredients are easy to find, and and uh, a lot of the recipes only require one pot, for instance, which seems to you know, cater to people um, getting more comfortable more quickly in the kitchen. I, I love that you say I lower the hurdle. Actually, I've never said that. I'm going to use that. <laughs> I've been lowering the hurdle for 30 years. As my, my cooking has gotten simpler and simpler and simpler. I'm, you know, I'm incapable of cooking anything particularly complicated, and I would never ask anyone else to cook anything particularly complicated. I spent a lot of time trying to convince people that simple cooking can be really, really good and that, you know, as I used to say to my kids, not every meal you have needs to be the best meal you've ever had. You can eat something, you can prepare something and eat something very simply, very quickly, and really good, you know, without having to write a restaurant review about it or, or put it on the food network. It can just be good, normal food. and. God, you know, that's, you know, people can learn how to cook really good stuff very, very quickly. And um, I think if I, you know, if I... Mark, we're going to ask you to hang on just once again, and we're going to invite people in to talk more about how they can get the Food Matters Cookbook, and, and we'll come back again and talk a little bit more. Okay. Um, we're going to invite Perrin and Justin back in to talk about uh, how with a $75 pledge you can get the Food Matters Cookbook at 503-232-8818. Thanks hey, very that much, sounds doctor. like the story of my life. Every, every great chef started out learning how to boil an egg and make a cup of tea. You know, you start out with the simple stuff, you do it a while and you learn more and more and more. I used to cook whole meals out of one little electric skillet. You know, it can be done. Well, we're cooking up lots of ways to say thank you when you pick up your phone and dial toll-free 877-500-5266. It is true that for a very modest $75 gift, 21 cents out of the $2,000 a day, just $6.25 a month when you set up an electronic funds transfer. It's fun. It's a way of life. You're going to love it. Please don't wait for other people to do this on your behalf. Better still, do it on someone else's behalf. Maybe you can raise your sustaining membership. Maybe you can do a gift membership and you can give uh, a copy of Mark Bittman's The Food Matters Cookbook. I was thinking of something Michael Pollan said. Give it to your spouse. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. That's like If you don't like a, his or her cooking, give, a, give your spouse a cookbook. Right, but don't buy a vacuum cleaner for as an anniversary present. <laughs> as an anniversary present. No, I was thinking Michael Pollan say there are two rules that uh, um, that sounds like uh, maybe Mr. Bittman might agree with us. One was um, eat all the junk food you want as long as you make it yourself. For example, Mr. Pollan says he loves French fries, but it's a real pain in the butt, so he only makes it about once a month, so he doesn't have too much trouble. The other was don't eat food that has the same name in every language, right? So um, uh, a Big Mac is uh, out of there. Don't eat things that don't translate. Pringles is not a food. And <laughs> folks, the thing is, there are 50 
55,000 listeners every week, and you knew that because you've been tuning in for a long time. You count on Dr. Naaman. And you know what? Dr. Naaman is doing more than just being here right now. He's got to line up Mark Bittman. They've got to do, he's got to do research. He's got to read the book. I mean, this is a labor of love for him, and there's only $140 to go to make sure he hits his goal. Now, maybe you could give us the $150, and you could take two copies of uh, Mark Bittman's The Food Matters Cookbook. You can give one, and you can keep one. Whatever it is... One for you, one for mom. Well, that's right. Whatever it is that entices you, that empowers you, that entertains you, it's only able to do that because you answer the call by making the call. 232-8818 or toll-free, 877-500-KBOO. While we're talking about food, let's thank the people who are providing food for our volunteers. Today, it's the Beaterville Cafe at 2201 North Killingsworth and Slow and Low Sandwiches at Northeast 7th and Burnside. Thank you. And uh, that's what keeps our uh, our volunteers sustained so they can answer the phone and talk to you. We have people coming in with money. We have people phoning in. We have people clicking in on their uh, keyboards. Lots of ways you can uh, give to KBU and keep this station on the air. I'd like people to practice a little science. I mention this sometimes. Since nine of every ten of you have yet to make the call, but you've been listening for a long time. And so you know what the signal sounds like as just a passive listener. I'm asking you to do a little bit of science, and that means you need to be able to compare that experience with a different experience. Make the call, do a basic membership, or maybe do the $75 and get the Food Matters cookbook, and then notice the sound of the signal. Notice how you stand a little taller being a hero. Notice how you made a gift to the entire community that far outstrips the actual value of the money. Notice that you ended up being part of the solution instead of part of the problem. And you know what? If you've never made a gift to people that you don't even know, sure your gift is going to improve your experience. And sure it's good for your family and your neighbors and your friends. But it's also good for people you don't even know. How many opportunities today will you have to be a hero with a penny and a nickel and a dime to make a gift to the entire community? Because a thriving community has community radio. Portland is a thriving community and it has KBU. And there is always room for more of you at the mighty 90 we take seriously interrupting your programming. You know, normally we don't do that. When we give away tickets, for example, that phone lights up instantaneously. The only way we're able to do that the rest of the year is because you are ethical. You are discerning. You have resisted long enough. And now you are going to unclench and yield and pick up the phone and dial 232-8818 or toll-free anywhere in North America, 877-500. K-B-O-O. We're back with Mark Bittman, the author of the Food Matters Cookbook, 500 Revolutionary Recipes for Better Living. Mark, in in our final minutes today on Health Watch, um, let's talk about how you organize the cookbook. Uh, It's not organized in a way that's uh, typical for an average cookbook. Well, there's no, um, this was a a big decision, actually. There are no, there are no, it's not a it's not a vegetarian cookbook. There's a lot of um, there are a lot of animal products in the book, but they're in smaller amounts than they are in traditional books. So the decision was to not have, for example, a fish chapter, a chicken chapter, a meat chapter, but to include those kinds of animal products in dishes in other chapters. So there's a snacks chapter, which I think is quite fun and really important. But then there there are uh, grains chapters, vegetable chapters. Uh, 
legume chapter, soup chapter, so on down the line. But there are not, and there there are appearances by animal products in each of those chapters, uh, with the possible exception of the dessert chapter. But there's not, as I said, there's not a meat chapter. And you've also marked some recipes as being particularly fast to make. Well, I've always done quick recipes, but in here we've um, we've given icons for things that are under 30 minutes, and we've given icons for things that are vegan and icons for things that can be made in advance. So, you know, the idea of this, as in many of my previous books, is to make the food really accessible, really appealing, and really easy to cook. And and in making the, these changes gradually and incrementally in, in people's lives uh, around how they eat, you tell them to not really worry so much, at least at the beginning, around whether it's organic or local. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Well, I, you know, as you can probably tell from what I've said up till now, I prefer people didn't worry too much about any of this stuff. What I, I think that um, the the priority, as I've said ten times already, the priority is eating more plant food. If that doesn't happen in a particular meal or on a particular day, or for that matter, in a particular month, that's not that big a deal. Once you have that priority straightened out, if you can afford it, and if you um, if you think about it, certainly organic food and local food is preferable to non-organic and non-local food. But, it, but again, the, the high priority, the ultimate priority is eating more in the way of fruits and vegetables. And I'd imagine through that process itself, you would probably develop awareness about what you would prefer in terms of maybe you really like this type of food, organic versus uh, conventional because of well, the taste think, difference. Yeah, I think when, once you start thinking about these things... Uh, I think there's every reason in the world, or there are many, many reasons, to be looking for organic food, and especially, in my opinion, to be looking for local food. But uh, the interesting thing is that once you start thinking along these lines, you find every meal sort of takes on a different character in a, in a good way, and um, it does become second nature. It becomes much easier. Well, I see that you're coming soon to uh, Powell's Bookstore on October 25th if people are interested in hearing you talk more about the Food Matters Cookbook. One week from today, um, and uh, yeah, we had a full crowd last year, and I expect we will have a full house uh, Monday night. Well, it was a pleasure having you on Health Watch today, Mark. It was great to be here. Thank you very much. We are talking today with New York Times columnist Mark Bittman, the author of the Food Matters Cookbook, 500 Revolutionary Recipes for Better Living, a thank you gift at the $75 minimum pledge at 503-232-8818. Stay tuned for the rest of the Monday Morning Radio Zine.